them up in the morning unless their alarm's going off, you know, 50 times and I have to go in there. But most of the time, most mornings they get up by themselves. That's a maturity because I can remember when they didn't get up by themselves. Even if they had an alarm in their room, they slept right through it. Like I can remember when they were little, I had to get them up for school. I had to make sure they got dressed. I had to lay their clothes out. I had to tie their shoes. I had to brush their teeth, right? Well, now I don't have to do any of that. They, I'm hoping they brush their teeth. And they do get dressed in the morning. And I don't know if they tie their shoes anymore because, you know, that's not really in style anymore. Um, they just slip them on. But that's maturity. See, what that tells me is that's normal and natural. They're growing up. They don't need me to go in the bathroom anymore to bathe them. That would be just weird. So I'm hoping they're using soap, but that's not really my business. So, but as they've gotten older and mature, there's less things I had to do. It's the same way with us, with our Heavenly Father. He's like, look, in the beginning, you know, I was telling you everything. I was speaking to you a lot. I was telling you what to say, who to say to it. He says, now that you're a little older and mature in the faith, I'm going to give you a little leeway. I'm going to trust that you can speak right. I'm going to trust that you can do right. I'm going to trust that you can do what I say. Like, I'm going to trust that. And if you can't, I'll correct you, just like I will with my kids, right? The problem is because we're grown and the Holy Spirit tries to do that, we get offended. And then God forbid he sends somebody in the church to help us. Like, who's going to tell me, right? Instead of knowing that sometimes, remember I talked last week about the plane? And if you're driving on one of those little helicopters that sometimes you're getting yourself in a situation and you feel like you're, you're going up, but you're really crashing down and you have to trust the gauges because your feeling or feelings are telling you the opposite. Okay, sometimes we call them blind spots. And when they're blind spots because you can't see. But there are other people who can see. So we have to trust our gauges, which is definitely the word of God, definitely our spiritual authorities. We have to trust that even when everything inside of us feels this way about it, right? God's putting people in place like that. The Holy Spirit, for sure. We have to listen to him and be sensitive to him. But listen, we can manipulate the Holy Spirit, just in case you didn't know that. Let me tell you how that happens, because one day the Holy Spirit said me that. You're manipulating me. And I was like, how can I even do that? Like, aren't you, aren't you God? Like, how can I manipulate you? And this is what he told me. So it was for me, but it could be for you. He said this. He said, because when you say this, you say, I think God told me this. And then depending on what you want to do, you say, but it could have been me. See, because if it could have been me, then I don't have to do it. That's manipulation. And so we manipulate the Holy Spirit. So that's why, that's why we need the word of God, that's pretty clear cut, and the Holy Spirit, and our spiritual authorities, and brothers and sisters in the faith. I mean, it takes a whole village, right? And then we just hope we're getting it right. <laughs> even with the whole village, right? So we have to make sure our wants line up with our will. All right, let me bring this in for a close. Our emotions follow our beliefs. Perception is real. We tell our emotions what to feel by believing what has just happened to us. If my core value or the way I hear the scripture, all things work together for them who love God, then the situation that has happened to me will be something bigger for me. So for example, and okay, so this is the example I was going to use. Let's say, I think I touched on this a little bit last week. Let's say you just lost your job. Now you've done everything right. And I, I heard, had a situation this week. And a lady told me, she said, um, I'm unemployed, but it's because I worked for this company for 26 years. He retired, closed down the office. So it was nothing she did 
out of her control, okay? If, so if that's happened to me, if I, be, I can say, man, I'm never going to find work again. I don't know if I, this economy is so bad. I could all that how I feel, okay? All of that, what I made my reality, my core beliefs, my emotions of what's happened to me, how I feel. But if I go to the standard of truth, my, my reality and the word of God, I can say, but Lord, you said, because I'm serving you and because I'm living for you, all things work together for the good to those who are called according to his purpose. So then I could say, then that must mean that you have something better down the road for me. Because there's no way, God, according to your current reality, your truth, that if this has happened, that you're going to leave me here, no matter how bad it gets or how it looks. Now, that's real easy for me to say in this position. But when we were walking through two years of that, it was everything I had to hold on. And then there was days where I would say to him, if it wasn't for God, I would give up. But I know my God is good. I know he loves me. I know he loves me too much that if he's allowed this to happen in my life, he has something greater for me. And being on this side of where I'm at now, guys, I'm in the greater. We get to pastor a great church with some great people. I'm in the greater. I didn't see it then. I kept my eyes on my reality right here. This is what I kept my eyes on. Was it easy? Heck no. It was not easy. I had to encourage myself in the Lord. I had to surround myself with positive people. I kept podcasts on. They would come in from, from school, and I would have to anoint everything, them, everybody. It was not easy. But I knew my God said, I work all things together for the good, no matter what comes our way. If you believe it, you got to believe it. You can't just read it and hear it and not believe it. You have to get your will in line with your wants. And what I know God wants for me, I'm going to will that. And guys, when we can do that, we're going to start seeing some changes in our life. We cannot be swayed by the winds of the world. My goodness. I, the other day somebody told me, I was like, I said, because, you know, I'm a positive person. I was like, well, I feel like the economy's coming back. And nope, it's not. Well, no, I mean, I, I, feel, I kind of feel like it is. I have no basis for that except this. I have, no, I have no numbers to know that, but I know my God. I said, and I really feel like, they're like, it's not. I said, how do you know that? Well, I can just tell. Well, how? Well, I can just tell. She, how do you know it's coming back? Because I have a standard of truth that God says, I'm going to work all things together for the good. And I know that we're walking in favor. And I know that as a child of God, he's not going to leave me desolate. I know that. And so I don't know what the number says. I don't know how many jobs they have out there. I don't know how many unemployment, but I know my God. I, I know who's president, but that don't mean anything. I know my God. I know what God says about my situation. I know what God says about my health. I know what God says about uh, some plans he has for me. There have been words spoken over my life that hasn't come to fulfillment yet. I remind God. Like, I know it's going to get good, God, because I have a word. I have a, I have a lot of words. I have a lot of words. And so, guys, if we can get our, um, let me just, okay, so this one, let me just close right here because I'm running out of time. I wanted to get to this point. If we can just get our will in line with our wants, man, what we couldn't do for God. Um, we can then begin to view the world through a totally different core value. 
God does know what God does know what he's doing. Our job is to believe him and then to hear him correctly, not through our own lens, not to see him through our lens or hear him through our experiences, but to know him, to know his word, know what it says. We have had a lot, we would have a lot less anxiety and more peace if we would learn to look at life through a proactive lens instead of a reactive lens. Like what can I do instead of saying, "No God, you've already said what you're going to do." I don't have to do anything. I'm going to trust you and trust your word. Instead of letting my emotions tell me what to think or how to feel, I tell my emotions what to think and what's truth. I have to tell myself. You know when it says David encouraged himself in the Lord? All he did was tell him, tell himself what God's word said. The promises he had. And man, I had God's word back then, but he had promises. He had the, he had the scrolls. He had the prophets the stuff from the prophets. Like he encouraged himself. I don't know. Listen, David of all people knew I'm fight, I'm running for my life. I may die, but God did say I was going to be king. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I don't know how this is going to look, but I know what he said. Like, I don't know how this is going to play out. And look, we get into some situations sometimes that's dire. We don't know. Remember I, I said it's the Jeremiah 33 and 3 season where it says, God says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. So if you're in a situation where it's like, God, I don't know about this, it's okay. In Jeremiah 33 and three, he says, call to me and I will tell you. He wants to tell you. Okay, so I want to just talk about this last emotion right here, the big one. Um, one of the biggest emotions and feelings are these wants all are connected, Satan uses, is fear. I have four little statements that I thought was so good about fear. Fear has a way of transforming nice, normal people into mean souls. Listen to that. Fear has a way of transforming nice, normal people into very mean souls. You know, it's amazing what happens when we get fearful. It's amazing. Um, So another Hayden story. When Hayden was little, he was very scared of the doctor's office. And it didn't matter if we were just going for a check. It did not matter. He had the worst white coat syndrome of any kid I've ever seen. Um, and so he had this fear would come over him. And it was a learned behavior. So any time he would even, it were any place that smelled like a doctor's office. It might, we might not even going for him to the doctor. And he would start freaking out. Now Hayden was the kid that wasn't scared of anything. He was my brave one. He would jump off the roof, climb, whatever. He, you know, he was, and even look at him today, he can conquer anything. I, did I tell you about how he's going to be in the NFL? And he tells me he does not have a plan B. This was just last week. Did I tell you all that? This kid here. So, it, so he, Hayden's, his will is there's nothing impossible for me. I can do anything I put my mind to. And, and I somewhat believe that. I can, I, I am not afraid of anything. But yet, let's take it to the doctor and he would freak out like you've never seen. Like, seriously, like you've never seen. And so fear has a way of turning a normal person into a crazy person. And to a mean, I mean, it, fear does that. I mean, that's one of the biggest enemy, uh, the biggest tactics the enemy uses is fear over our life. I decided a long time ago, he is not, I, I have made up my mind, my emotions are in line with my will, that he will not come against me with fear. And when he does, and I think I've told you this before, I fight back with whatever he's fighting me on. So if he's fighting me and I have fear of finances, I give more. He is not going to win. He is not going to make me fearful. If I'm fearful that I'm sick, I'll start praying for everybody I know. And I'm telling you, fasting and praying. 
So like, I'm going to combat that with, yeah, it's raining, huh? Combat fear with, uh, I'm going to combat him with his fear. But listen to this. Fear is a fiction author writing stories to trouble the heart of its victims. Because you know them stories that happen right here. We'll create the whole scenario before anything comes to pass right there and then be afraid. And then, I mean, we got the whole thing going on, right? Fear. Fear does that. Fear turns discernment into suspicion and perverts the motives of people. You know, it goes from, I'm fearful that this person can hurt me. So I think it's discernment, but all of a sudden it becomes suspicion. That's not of God. That's not of God. And what that's called is prostituting the gifts. Because if God's given you a gift of discernment, you let fear in, then all of a sudden it's in the wrong kingdom. So many times that's happened in church. If you have the gift of discernment, keep your life right. And then you can keep that gift pure, right? Okay. Um, Prisons are full of good souls who drank from the fountain of fear and found themselves incarcerated in its clutches. Whatever fear tells you to do, guys, it's almost always the wrong thing. Fear cannot be the motivator for what we do. Love is the opposite of fear. So ask yourself when you're fearful, what would love do in this situation? That's always a good indicator. If I'm fearful of whatever, say you have a situation at home and I'm fearful about what's going to happen. Ask yourself, what would love do in this situation? Because the devil wants to use fear to paralyze us. We become fearful. We all of a sudden can't move. We don't want to move. We become become fearful. And the devil will use that. But I'm going to tell you something. If we can get our will, what does the word of God says? He says that there is no perfect love cast out fear. He's go, go start reading all your scriptures and start making this your reality. Where it may look, when, when Hayden was little, he was scared, not of many things, but every now and then he gets scared of the dark because he wanted to get in our bed. So he had these bunk beds, he was on the bottom, and I had all of the, on that bottom of that bunk bed, I had every scripture you can think of on fear, and I'd make him read it out loud <laughs> at night. And I said, he's like, Mom, I think something's in my room. I said, then start speaking those scriptures because they need to hear it. If something's in your room, it's probably not saved, Hayden. Read those scriptures, you know. And I could hear him in there at night reading those little scriptures, you know. What time I am afraid I will trust in thee, you know. Psalms, and he would read the little scriptures. But because you know what? The devil will use fear. And man, if kids, if your kids can learn that young, that becomes this uh, emotion to them for the rest of their lives that they have to try to overcome. We have nothing to fear. Do you know who my father is? Do you know the power I carry inside of me? What do I have to fear? What time I am afraid, I will trust in you, God. What time I am afraid? Don't let fear do that. Don't let, get our emotions, get our wants in line with our will. Get our emotions in line with our will. Let our will become our reality. And once we do that, man, there is no stopping us. Guys, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom here. This is success right here in the kingdom of God. Get your will in line with God's will and get the, those emotions have to follow. And don't be driven by your emotions. And for sure, don't be driven by fear. So God, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So I'm going to close with this right here. Did I say I was going to close already? Too many of us walk about feeling like a failure. So maybe even just me talking tonight, you're like, man, I have not been doing this right. But listen. We must start hearing what he says about us. He's, he, remember that 
failure is not final. Judas and Peter both denied Jesus. One hung himself, the other became the head of the church. It's not about what happens to you, it's about what you hear about what happens to you. What am I gonna hear? They both denied Jesus. But Peter heard that, you know what? I forgive you. I, I love you in spite of it. I, Jesus and Judas, both, he both told them what they were gonna do before they did it. Both of them knew that he already knew. Guys, God, are, he made you. He knows how you are. Sometimes I say that to him. I'm like, okay, I'm going to apologize, but you know how I am. You made me. And then I hear him saying, but I don't want you to stay that way. He knows how you are. He made you, but he doesn't want you to stay that way. He wants you to talk to your thoughts. He wants you to get your thoughts in line with his reality so the truth of his reality can set us free. We can be free from that. So, too many of us feel like a failure, but we need to talk to our feelings and speak truth. Align your will with his word and our wants will follow. Hey guys, I just want you to pray this week. God, help me not to be driven by my feelings. Because feelings, although are re very real, they're not necessarily true. So God, help me to know the truth and the truth will set me free. And the truth of my reality is in his word. And we can get that and we're going to have some success in the kingdom of God. We're going to be better wives and moms and sisters and husbands and church brothers and sisters because we're not going to be driven by feelings, right? We're not going to take everybody says to heart because, man, the devil can use that and twist that. And here's a good indicator in case you're wondering. If somebody says something to you and you feel like, I wonder what they meant by that, and you don't let it go from right there, and you dwell on it and dwell on it and rehearse it in your head and have all these scenarios going on, guys, that's probably not of God. That's probably not of God, okay? Because the truth is the only person that matters what they think of you is the heavenly father. And so we, if we would spend half as much time worrying about what he thinks about us instead of somebody else thinking about us, we would do, be better off, right? Get those wheels in line with his wheel. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for the truths of your word. I thank you, Lord, that, God, I don't even have to define reality, God. You defined it in 66 books. And, God, if we would get into your word, and, God, we would hear your word different, God, not through our own accent and our own experiences, God, but hear your word through your uh, spirit of truth, God, then, then we can be set free. And, God, it's, it's our uh, desire to be, walk in freedom. It's our desire to be free, God, to not be in bondage to fear, to our emotions, God, to even the circumstances around us, God. Let us not be uh, swayed by what's going on around us, God, but God, always stand on your word and on your truth, no matter what comes our way. God, because we know that you're a good God. We know that you have good plans for our life. God, and we know, Lord, that there's something bigger going on in the atmosphere than my feelings. So God, help me to get a clue about your word and your reality. God, I ask right now that you be with each and every one of us, God. God, let this word tonight, not my words, but your word penetrate hearts tonight, God. Let us walk in truth, God. Let us know what the truth is, God. God, according to your word, God, and that we can live that. God, I ask that you bless your people, God, that they would walk in favor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.